Everyone has a story, and I believe that sharing your story has the power to connect people. I'm a working mom, wife, and seeker, and nothing lights me up and brings me more joy than having meaningful conversations. And one of the things I love to talk about is psychedelics. In December 2021, I experienced my first psychedelic journey with psilocybin. It was one of the most profound events in my life, and it opened me up to a deeper spiritual growth and helped me to heal. And now, talking to those who've experienced the therapeutic magic of psychedelics and hearing about their personal journey has become my passion. Mindful Trip is a safe space to have conversations that demystify and destigmatize the use of plant medicines. Conversations that allow us to have deeper connections with ourselves and others. I hope that sharing these intimate, funny, and inspiring stories helps you find the answers you're looking for. A wise friend said to me, all you can do is follow the threads and see where it takes you. So I hope you'll join me in unraveling the threads, staying open, and trusting the journey. This is Mindful Trip. Mindful Trip content and the views, thoughts, and opinions of the host, guests, and contributors is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional legal advice or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Consult with the medical provider or mental health care professional about your health-related questions. Mindful Trip does not encourage illegal activity, including but not limited to the illegal sale, purchase, or use of controlled substances. Hi, and thanks for joining. Today, my guest Denise Maple opens up about her emotional 12-hour journey with San Pedro and how ayahuasca helped her to heal ancestral trauma for the women in her family. Denise Maple is a holistic business coach, featured speaker, Reiki master, and spiritual coach. Through her company, Live Life Spiritual Direction, she helps guide her clients to identify and overcome false beliefs about themselves and the world, operate from a place of authenticity, and pursue and achieve their dreams in life and business. Your support means a lot, so please subscribe, download, and share with friends and family. I'd also love to hear what resonates for you, so send me your comments. Hi, Denise. Hi, Min. Great to be here. Oh, it's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your stories. So let's get into it. Share with me what I need to know about you to understand what led you to begin exploring using psychedelics for therapeutic use. Sure. I mean, mostly it was curiosity and opportunity. Hmm. The first time with psilocybin, I've always been curious. I've been on my spiritual journey and I thought that could be helpful. So I thought, well, why not? I'll try it. It was in an environment that I felt like people knew what they were doing and there was going to be people that were guiding and looking out for everybody. So that felt good too. So if we can go back a little bit, what was going on in your life at the time that led you on this spiritual path? I've been a seeker my entire life, but specifically at that time, I was in the midst of a lot of change. My father had passed away unexpectedly. 
probably about a year before, and that was still impacting me quite a bit. And then I was also in the midst of changing careers, moving, and it just felt like the right time to get some guidance and and just see if there was any information or any healing I could achieve through it. And what was it about psilocybin, magic mushrooms, that you felt drawn to? Well, with mushrooms, you can have a really deep psychedelic journey, deep within yourself, but it can also be fun at times because you get into that space of being a little laughy if you catch another person or seeing the colors and everything like that. But it can also be very introspective and you can really go into a journey. And while the experience itself was really cool and interesting and healing, it was as I was coming out of it that I had a big release of emotions that I didn't realize I had. I mean, after when we were kind of coming out of it, I went outside And I remember myself like hands and knees on the ground, Mm. one just sobbing, asking Mother Earth for forgiveness for all we have done to her and asking my father for forgiveness for the times that I wasn't as loving as I could be or withholding. And I kind of saw where I was holding back my love and why. And that was about me, not about him. So was this done in a group setting? Was it just you and one other person who was guiding you and facilitating the journey? It was a group setting. I think there was about eight to 10 people there. We had two people guiding the journey. They're both experienced. One was leading the journey. One was just really looking out, making sure that everybody, like if someone needed support, they had someone to talk to and just make sure that everybody stayed safe. If you can share maybe some of the details of your actual journey, whether it was this first psilocybin experience, or maybe if there's another journey that you would like to share, I would love to know the details of the actual journey itself once you were in it. Yeah, I'll go back to some experiences that are a little more recent, just because the memory is a little bit stronger. Mm -hmm. And most recently, it's been with ayahuasca. And that also has been in a group setting with an experienced shaman. It's a place that's referral only. Mm -hmm. Just the people in this community are so amazingly cool. (laughs) You get in a room with maybe 20, 25 people to do the work and to set the stage for anyone who has not done it before. And it's different in different places, but we've got our sleeping bags and sleeping mats and we're all kind of lined up and We've got a shaman and some helpers in the room and guides. And my experience with this has been, it's the people, but it's also the space you're in. Mm -hmm. You're more open. You're more connected to your spirit. And people are just really cool and open and brave Mm -hmm. and supportive. In the ceremony itself, it's not a lot of talking. Typically, A shaman will kind of give an overview, what to expect, what the guidelines are, go around the room. Everyone sets their intention for the ceremony. Everything is always optional. You can back out at any time. Mm. So for the first dose of the medicine, and then people go within Mm. for hours. And I actually don't know how long it usually is because I'm not usually focused on that. Right. My experiences 
with grandmother ayahuasca has been relatively challenging, but I've grown. Now, some people have these blissful experiences in it. I had a little bit more of that with psilocybin, Mm. but with the ayahuasca, I feel like I'm doing the work. The medicine can be challenging physically and what she has me look at sometimes can be very challenging, but I always walk away with some interesting insights or just feeling like uh, something was healed. So just to, to finish off the process, as we are still in the medicine, but not as deep, mm. you have the opportunity to share right. what your experience was like and what you're getting out of it so far, how it relates to your intention, opportunity for a second dose. Mm. And then it's the same thing. Go back into uh, your own space. It's meant to be quiet, meant to be your own journey. Mm. And then you might process things. You might have your experience, come out, share again. And then also we'll do some song shares and dance party at the end to break it up, maybe a little time outside. And that's either after the service or Mm. just listening to people, not the service, the ceremony, listening to what people have to say. That's how you kind of get to know people. And it's really a neat experience from a community mm-hmm. perspective. So then what was your personal experience like during this ayahuasca ceremony? Yeah, my personal experience was, it was challenging, as I mentioned. I remember one time recently, I had a a terrible cramp in my leg. It just seized up. And I was so in the medicine, I couldn't move. And what I took away from it was sometimes you just have to sit with the pain. Mm. Sometimes you have to sit with the pain, feel it, let it run through. Other times, you know, I might get very cold or very hot. I might feel the need to move around a little bit. But typically, it's a journey with inside myself. And I'm a little bit clairaudient. So sometimes I might hear grandmother talking to me more than having visions. Right. And some specific experiences I can share are what I feel like was an ancestral healing for the women in my family. Mm -hmm. Grandmother showed me that all the women in my family have encountered some type of trauma. Mm. And she showed me my paternal grandmother, who I was very close to. She was just loving and just a a wonderful person. And I I have really fond memories of her. And she connected me with my grandmother, who passed several years ago in 1993. Mm. And I realized how alike we were, and that I had never realized in the past. One examples might be like putting up a crap in relationships that we shouldn't have. Sometimes maybe being too much of a giver Mm. and not looking after ourselves enough. Other ways too, but we were very close and I don't even know how to explain it, but it was like grandmother took us through a journey with my grandmother and then it turned into kind of like gathering up all the women in my family that I was close to, you know, like my maternal grandmother, my mother, my sister, my niece. And it was like, we all came together to heal 
in this Mm -hmm. vision, in this feeling, and to say, okay, we've all been through this stuff. Maybe we've even hurt each other, Mm. but the truth is we all love each other, and this is a cycle that we're ready to break. And it really felt like I was doing some ancestral healing for the entire family. Wow. It just felt that potent. Wow. What did it feel like for you and your body as this healing was going on? I would go from being really into the vision and not being super aware of my body to other times being uber aware of my body. So like feeling cold, maybe feeling tense or all of a sudden I'm hot or all of a sudden feeling like I needed to shake or move a little bit. Mm. So it really, it goes like this. So then, so I'm really interested in this ancestral healing because I don't know if you feel this way. I heard someone say on a podcast and when she said it really resonated for me, she said, I am who my ancestors have been waiting for. Mm. And so I'm curious for you, because I definitely feel this way, like in my soul that I am meant to heal some of this generational and ancestral trauma. I'm curious if you feel that way, especially after that ayahuasca ceremony where you had your grandmother and your mother and all of these other women in your family, your lineage come forward during the ceremony. Yeah. And I had felt that even before the ceremony, there were times in my life where I'd said, why am I the one in this family who has to do all this work? <laughs> you know, but I have found when I do the work, I see different shifts within the family. I see my relationships improve when my energy is more open and loving, that's an energetic exchange and the other person can feel it and they can relax into it too. Maybe there's some work I'm doing is showing up as an example of how you can show up. And then other times I think it's just purely ancestral, energetic, we're doing the work for the lineage. So I very much feel that. So what else happened during this specific ayahuasca ceremony where you were healing some of that ancestral trauma? Was there anything else that came through? You said you were provided with some insights or if you feel comfortable sharing what those insights were. I'll move to a different topic because I feel like that's pretty complete and some of it I don't even know how to put into words. Mm -hmm. Another example I had with ayahuasca is I was in a relationship that ended a few weeks before. I was comfortable with it being the right move, but still recovering and still letting go. There's still a lot to unwind. And what had happened, I was dating someone who was really quite loving and wonderful. And then all of a sudden had kind of changed was sullen, was angry, was withdrawn. It was very confusing for me. And I realized a a, a few things in that ceremony. So one is I just realized that my nervous system was shot Mm. from the stressful parts of that relationship. But more specifically, maybe the week before I woke up to a voice and this happens every once in a while for me where I like hear something in the middle of the night. I'm not sure if it's like my higher self or what it is, but someone's saying something and it always turns out to be true. Mm. And I heard he's bipolar and I just said out loud by myself in my room. Oh, that makes so much sense. 
because things changed so drastically. And then I went back to bed and I remembered, but I didn't really remember. And she showed me, grandmother showed me that memory Mm. within the ceremony. And I said, oh, is that true? And she said, yeah. And what I had asked for as my intention in that ceremony was healing, forgiveness, understanding, and letting go. And that just helped me have so much more compassion and really say, oh, okay, I see what's happening now. Thank you for that information. It helps me heal. It helps me grow. The other interesting thing about that is this is not the first time I found myself in a relationship that started out really wonderful and changed. And and there was some mental illness involved because Mm. either it wasn't well-managed or it was undiagnosed or unrecognized or whatever it is. And I had to think like, well, why is this pattern keep coming up for me? So from this healing, I feel like one, I broke a cycle. I healed something karmic. Right. It also just made me wonder like, why was that pattern there in the first place? I'm a spiritual coach. So am I meant to work with clients who have partners that struggle with mental illness or kids? Is it just something like my not good enough false beliefs that are running in the program back there? Is that just kind of coming out for another layer of healing? I still haven't figured it out, but I still recognize it as being something pretty profound. Well, did grandmother ayahuasca give you any hints at all? No, she did not cover that. And I didn't think to ask in the moment. Um, and sometimes that's okay. Like we're meant to just look into our own intuition. And that was part of my integration process was journaling about that and thinking through that. If I'm meant to know specifically what that pattern was for, that it will eventually become clear. Hmm. I mean, how were you able to integrate after you came out of these ayahuasca ceremonies? Did you have somebody that you were working with or was it something that you were doing um, alone? I've done both. I've integrated myself. I've talked through it with a friend. I've done integration coaching with the shaman. I've done it all. That particular time I, I did a combination of journaling. So the shaman has a list of journaling questions to help you with the integration period and has some guidelines to make that integration period more effective and easier. Right. But I also happened to see a friend that I felt comfortable sharing the experience with and and could also talk through it. And just saying it out loud Mm. is helpful as well. I want to go back to that one ayahuasca ceremony where you were healing some of the ancestral trauma. After you came out of that ceremony, what was your relationship like with your mother and with your aunts and the other women in your family who are, who are still around? Did you feel and sense a dramatic shift after that ceremony that it reverberated towards them as well, not just to you? It's subtle because I feel like that's been happening over time. Hmm. I've noticed that at least one person in my family I don't want to give specifics for privacy reasons, but one person in my family, I think I've seen her break through a cycle that 
probably was a long time coming and she was finally ready. If I personally had anything to do with that and that experience, I'm not right. sure, but it is possible. And so besides psilocybin and ayahuasca, have you done any other psychedelics or plant medicines? Yeah. One other, Wachuma, also called San Pedro. And oh. where ayahuasca is typically done at night, with the Wachuma, it's more of a daytime experience ceremony mm. where maybe you start at 9 or 10 a.m. and go till 9 or 10 p.m. More time outside. You can get quicker to maybe a little social experience. It's a little more loose and open. My experience with that has been across the board. I had one where it was very challenged and I felt like I just couldn't get comfortable in my own skin, but there were things that needed to come out and right. there was more things around my father and some guilty feelings I was feeling that came out and, you know, the shaman walked me through that and kind of listened and asked me questions to help me integrate that. But I've also had experiences where it was just a complete heart opener. And I felt like, oh, this is what it feels like to not have any anger, mm. to be in total surrender and to just love everybody. And it was mm. just a really wonderful place to be. It's like, oh, it is possible to feel like that. And it is possible to be there. And I think not only did I feel a shift after in my own forgiveness and, and healing, but the experience itself was just very moving and important for me to have to know what that felt like. So before we get into your experience, can you explain exactly, is it a plant and how do you ingest it? Is it a powder form? Is it a liquid? Is it a tea? It's a cactus and it's a tea. So they take the portions of the cactus and they make it into a tea. Yeah. And I don't know the specifics of it. That's about my knowledge of about how it's made and where and it what comes it from. And what does it taste like? None of it tastes very good. I know. It's bitter. <laughs> it's I know. Bitter. I don't want <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so... Can you share your experience on this? What's the name again of this specific plant? Wachuma. Wachuma. Or San, it's also called San Pedro. Oh, San Pedro. So can you explain or share what your experience was like on San Pedro? And then also, how many times have you done it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, w I will say with San Pedro, it's... Um, a little less likely that you're going to purge. And when I say purge, like you could purge throwing up, you could purge going to the bathroom. Mm. Uh, for some reason, I have never had a big purge in an ayahuasca ceremony or a Wachuma ceremony, although mm. it's very, very common. And I don't know why. Mm. With Wachuma, it's a little gentler, although you still can purge. So I just wanted to say that. And then I think I've ayahuasca maybe is like, or five times and Wachuma is three, I think. Mm. That seems about right. What do you mean three times? You mean in terms of pot potency? No, sorry. Three separate times that I participated. Oh, I saw ayahuasca five times and with the San Pedro, you've done it three times. Yeah, that's my best guess. And San Pedro, 
the experience was very similar to coming together, understanding Mm. the guidelines, meeting everybody, hearing the intentions, and then two doses, Mm. probably with similar timelines. So what was your experience like when you were in it, when the plant medicine got into your system? It, It starts off really subtle. And I will tell you the first few times I did both, not at the same time. I felt like I could have gone deeper. When in speaking with a shaman, I didn't know if I was holding back or I just needed more. So we wanted to wait a little bit. Then I upped my dosage for both. And I did have a deeper experience for both. Uh, it also could be a bit more challenging. It was a bit more challenging for me. Like at the end, normally I would be psyched about the dance party and be like, yeah, let's go. But when I went for the higher dosage, I didn't have it in me other than to kind of chair dance or dance on the floor because it really, it had me, which I think I needed because my brain was often just working and it was almost like I needed that much to just like keep me down and focused in a way. So what were the challenging parts of that experience with San Pedro? I would say the only really challenging time I remember is the one time I couldn't get comfortable. I was too hot. I was too cold. I felt like I couldn't relax into the space. Mm. And the shaman came over to check on me and I just shared that. And she said, would you feel safer inside? Because we were outside at that point. And for some reason... I I just felt safer between four walls Mm. and I was able to finally calm down a little bit and really go into what I was meant to see there. One time it was what I mentioned with my father. Another time was just someone that I really needed to forgive and I was really angry with at the time. And it just really helped bring the forgiveness around and helped me not be so attached to my ego and be more like the idea of wanting a loving relationship with this person became more to the forefront instead of in the background. And were there any messages that were coming through to you or any downloads that you were getting? Yeah. And to be honest, like sometimes it's hard to remember without going back to my journal because Even when I'm journaling, I'm so in the medicine and then I've done it so many times that sometimes it's hard because it all kind of comes together. But in general, I do get messages and sometimes the healing with Wachuma might come from dialogue with someone else. Hmm. So I'll give you an example of how we were helpful to each other. So in the Wachuma, as we come out and it's okay to be a little more social, but we're still very much in the medicine. I had a conversation with someone who had had a lot of trauma and had lost a family member and was very much traumatized by it. And I was able to just witness and listen and reflect back Mm. and just be a space of openness. And so the healing was for him that he shared later was there was someone witnessing his pain and allowing him to release it. He, at some point during our conversation had said, and I know this is going to sound 
like nothing. But it, for some reason, it meant a lot in that space. He said, you are a good woman. And for some reason, I started crying Aww. because clearly there was like a part of me who didn't believe that. Yeah. Oh, wow. It must have been so emotional for you to even just hear that those words. But you and this person were meant to be in that ceremony at that moment in time. Right. I, I really believe that. I mean, everyone has said that in terms of if you end up doing a ceremony, it doesn't matter which psychedelic or which plant medicine you choose, is that you will soon find out why those specific people are there at the exact same time in the day that you are as well. And for you, obviously, it was meant for you to help him heal, but also for him to pass on that message because it resonated so deeply for you. It really did. It really did. Oh, I just thought of another kind of cool experience that happened during Watch You Wolf, if you want me to share it. I would love to. But before you do that, I actually want to ask you, where do you think that stems from where you feel like you're not a good woman or a good person? Because you got so emotional just telling me that story. Yeah, I think part of it is was the ancestral stuff. I've done some work in, with an emotion code practitioner who kind of pulls out emotions, looks at them, help you release them. And one thing that came up recently in an emotion code session was that I had some ancestral stuff from my grandfather that felt like worthlessness. So I think I understand where that comes from. My grandfather had a difficult childhood. So I think mm -hmm. part of it is ancestral. Part of it is just the messages I picked up growing up. Like yeah. if I got in trouble for something or wasn't meeting expectations. I really internalized that in my house. We got attention for good grades and mm. doing well in sports. And it's not my parents' fault. They did the best that they could. But yeah. I internalized a lot of the critiques of how I was doing things or how I was presenting myself into, right. well, like, clearly I'm not cutting it and clearly something is wrong with me. So I don't know that that was conscious until I really started exploring that. It's so painful, right? Those childhood indoctrination of the good girl, good boy, striving for perfection, which nobody can ever achieve. But you think that's the way to receive attention and love, not only from your parents, just from other people. And so if you don't achieve that, then you feel like you are not worthy of someone's affection or love. It's this really, really toxic cycle that I think so many of us try and break out of that kind of good girl perfection mode that we've been conditioned to believe is the way of success. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's a very narrow definition of success by society, but- the truth is like we make our own success. We get to decide. And maybe that's not possible when you're a kid because there's expectations put on you or yeah. you think there's expectations you place on yourself. But as we unwind this through the work with the plant medicine and therapy and different modalities, we can start to unwind some of that and live more fully and more authentically. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially in this Western culture, it has such a myopic, narrow perspective of what success is. And I think that also, it breeds a lot of 
comparison and insecurity and self-doubt, even depression, right? And anxiety, it really breeds all of these kind of heavier, darker energies in your life to come forward and to sometimes overtake your thoughts and your actions on a day-to-day -day basis. So can you share the other San Pedro ceremony that you experienced? I would love to hear what came through for you during that time period. Oh yeah. The part I wanted to share was just really kind of fun. Um, and one of them, it was just a beautiful day sitting outside. I was talking with one of the other people <clears throat> and into the clearing came five deer and they were so close to us and so curious. Hmm. You know, part of it, I think we were in an area where there was a lot of people and a lot of deer because there was woods nearby. And I think they were just more tame and comfortable, but they were so incredibly close and so incredibly peaceful. I really got the sense that because we were all in that heart opening space that Wachuma can bring you, like animals can feel energy. We've lost a lot of our instincts by conditioning over the years, but the animals largely still have it. Yes. And I think they could just feel like this was a safe space and they wanted to hang out with us for a while. And it was just really beautiful and sweet. Oh, wow. And the fact that it was five of them that came to you. Yeah. And a baby like, was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers always somehow find their way into these ceremonies in some capacity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether it's like sacred geometry or fractals. I've heard of other people where they will see numbers just coming at them when they're in their journey. Yeah. And I see in Wachuma and Ayahuasca, I see more, like mm. it just seems more shimmery to me. Mm -hmm. With the psilocybin, it was more colors, like rich, rich, rich colors. That's just been my personal experience. So do you ever connect with any of your spirit guides or your angels during these ceremonies, whether it was psilocybin or ayahuasca or San Pedro? I, I think I've really connected with either grandfather, which is Wachuma and San Pedro, mm -hmm or grandmother in the ceremony, like I can feel their energy and it feels like they're guiding me. Mm. I do believe I have connected with family members who have passed. So, and I do think it's possible that they're part of my guide team. Mm. And you said your gift is clairaudience, right? Can you explain for someone who may not be familiar, what is clairaudience? Yeah. So the Claire's, and I can't remember all of them, but like clairvoyance would be able to see something. Clairaudient is to be able to hear things from, and I don't understand what my own experience is. Is it another dimension? Is it another realm? Is it my guides? Is it my higher self? I don't have a clear picture of that. I do believe I have guides and angels that are around me, and I don't know exactly who I'm hearing, but I think I am hearing who has the, the appropriate message for me at that time. It's like, in the beginning, is that my thought or is that something else? And right. I'm starting to be able to discern it a little better. And even when I can't, I'm just trusting my own intuition more because if I'm hearing something that I feel in my body is truth, right. then I can trust it. I know it's so hard because in the beginning you're thinking, oh, that's just my thought. I thought that, and I'm hearing myself. Yeah. 
But then there's a small part of you that's like, that was from your higher self or source or something coming down to give you that bit of information. Yeah. And it, sometimes it is hard to trust it because mm -hmm. you're like, wait a minute. Because there's also the confirmation bias where you're like, well, that was kind of what I was thinking about. And then now it's coming through, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Like you said, it's always this kind of very fine line and balance of like discerning, was that me or was that some other higher power? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I do notice signs too. Like the other day I saw three butterflies, not real butterflies, but either like tattoos or the very exact same emblem on a car. And I just kept seeing them all day. Yeah. And when I told my friend, she said, well, butterflies represent transformation. And I'm like, well, I feel like I am kind of in the cocoon right now working on that next level or step. So it can come in a lot of ways. I see repeating numbers all the time. Yeah, me too. For sure. Those angel numbers. Yeah. Were you able to access any of the higher dimensions during any of the psychedelic journeys that you were on? It's funny because I don't know if I'm accessing the higher dimensions. And for some reason, I think I need more medicine than the average person. I mean, mm. I'm tall. I'm like 5'10", 5'11", for a woman. So maybe mm. I do need a little bit more than the average woman. But with the psilocybin, for example, the facilitators agreed, like, next time we'll do more. And unfortunately, we didn't have a next time. But I know that now right? for the next time. And it, it was almost like I could feel I was so close to breaking through. It was like I could feel it. Oh. Like it was almost like I had to break through the vision that I was seeing and I just couldn't. And it was a little mm. bit frustrating. So oh that's the benefit of doing it multiple times with people who are experienced because you can kind of see what levels work for you. And, and it could be different every time too. So are you planning another plant medicine or psychedelic journey anytime soon? I don't have anything expressly planned, but I'm always looking at the opportunities for when they arise. I'm pretty busy with work right now. And my last journey was in August. And I'd like to give some time in between for integration and to have a very clear intention. I would be surprised if I didn't do another journey by the end of the year, though, whether it's psilocybin or whatever it is. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. So for you, how has your life changed having done all of these different plant medicine slash psychedelic journeys? My life is evolving in a way that feels really good. I've been a seeker my entire life. I became a spiritual practitioner and coach in 2018. I think I had my first journey in 2019. And since then, I've been through a lot of change. I've moved three times. Mm. I've had some career changes. I've started a business and now I'm starting a second business. But what the journey has been about is finding the right role for me to serve and right. to serve with my gifts and still be able to support myself. Mm -hmm. And it's also been about just embracing more freedom and authenticity for myself. So mm -hmm. where I used to work in banking, which, you know, was a really good career. I got a lot out of it. 
I'm grateful for it, but I'm not built anymore to work from eight to five every day in an office. I now have flexibility where I might be teaching and working with students, and then I'm working with clients and on my business over here. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go to yoga at 10 a.m. You know, every week, like I protect that time. I'm developing a level of freedom that feels really good. And I think plant medicine is such an integral part to my healing journey. It's not the only thing I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but I think it just amplifies the work I'm doing around just feeling more love, freedom, and authenticity in my life. How was that transition for you going from a corporate work environment into a more spiritual-based career path and life path? In some ways, it's very different, right? Like, financial services, teaching finance. Those are all very different worlds than the spiritual world. Right. I have a couple degrees in finance, but I also have a degree in organization behavior. And recently I was thinking about switching, if I could switch over to teach organization behavior Mm -hmm. from finance, just because that's where my interest is moving. And I've been doing this for a while. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's an idea kind of like moving myself out of environments that are heavily male dominated, which I've learned to operate in. I like working with men and women, (laughs) but you know, that not good enough program that was running in my head, Mm -hmm. being one of the few women that was in what I do and what I did, you know, I wouldn't socialize differently, like feminine qualities aren't valued as much in corporate America and the academia. So one, I've become much more comfortable with myself and what my gifts are and sharing them in those circles with my students in the classroom, getting more involved in things within the university that I feel are important. I I teach my students about meditation and stress management. I at least have a little piece of it. So it's like, The worlds are melding a a little bit. I also do holistic business coaching because I have all this business experience and I teach it from a standpoint of mindset and action. So what you do in the world matters for your business, but your mindset and your false beliefs hold you back. And how can we uncover and heal those so you can move forward? So long story short is the worlds are starting to meld and I'm allowing myself to have more authenticity in my career, which then lends that freedom in my life. Well, that collective consciousness is definitely happening. I feel the energetic shift, I feel like has been happening for the past few years. I feel like especially this year, things have just accelerated. I know time is relative, but it's just moving so quickly. It is. So quickly. And I'm hearing about more and more people coming out of the psychedelic closet, the spiritual closet, a combination of both, which I think is really helpful because I think then people will start to feel more comfortable having these open conversations about their spiritual path. And also if psychedelics or plant medicines have played a role in it in some capacity, rather than pretending that none of it exists. And that you only talk about it with two of your friends who potentially can understand what what you're going through. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it is really encouraging that they're picking up those studies again Mm -hmm. uh, around psychedelics and and healing and, and mental healing. I wanted to ask you, do you have some final thoughts 
for anybody who may be curious or, or contemplating exploring using psychedelics for their own healing and spiritual journeys? Yeah. Before I do it, I, it's important to me to feel um, healthy and strong. I was just listening to a plant medicine facilitator who was being interviewed this week. And he had mentioned that it is toxic to your body to a certain extent, right? It's a shock to the body. You might be purging it. It might cause some bodily sensations. You might be very tired. If, if there's a dieta with ayahuasca, so avoiding salt, clean eating, you really benefit and have a deeper experience and an easier recovery when you follow the, the guidelines that are given like staying away from all of these things for a period of time. The truth is you don't need all of these things that you're giving up. So it's actually a really good exercise in realizing you really don't need it. Yeah, it's so true. Well, Denise, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been such a wonderful conversation getting to know you. And I just really appreciate that you were so open to doing this and that you were able to share all of your experiences with all the different plant medicines and psychedelics. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Min. Thanks so much. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Your support means a lot to me. So please subscribe, download, and share with friends and family. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So let me know what resonates for you. Until next time, take care.